Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to your week. It is so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Monday episode. How the heck is everybody doing? It was everybody's weekend. Good. Okay, good. Um, Listen, it is December 11th. Oh my God. December 11th. Do the math. Carry the one. Okay. That's like two more weeks until Christmas. Oh my goodness. Anyways, I'm in Las Vegas, beautiful, scary Las Vegas right now, because I saw you two at the sphere on Saturday night and uh, it was incredible. It was incredible. I want to talk about it for a second here in a minute, but remember there are timestamps. So if you want to skip right ahead to Sophie Ross with the pop culture roundup, more power to you. Uh, But remember, if you only listen to Monday's episode, that is just the teeniest, tiniest of what we do here. We have great interviews. We do full line by line recaps of shows like Salt Lake City and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Last week, we had The Situation from Jersey Shore on, Mike The Situation. We had uh, Emily Herbert and Lauren Roscoe from Access Hollywood on. On and you're always you're destined to find something that you can listen to with this show. But uh, I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, remember, if you do like the show, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you like it even more, you can sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. I just did like a 40 minute catch up episode and then I'm doing an episode on Tuesday where I'm going to uh, talk at length of, about uh, the season two of Paris and Love that I can't can't seem to shake it. I can't seem to shake that uh, show. It has stayed with me in weird, weird ways. And I want to talk to you guys about it a little bit more. And sometimes, you know, the week gets so filled up, filled up. It's a great place on Patreon where I can still talk about these things. But by the way, if you watch the YouTube video of me and Soph, this, I have the sphere right in the background from uh, my hotel room at the Venetian. And it is just, it's incredible. It's incredible. Incredible. It is such the perfect marriage of technology and art. And I, you know, listen, I've told you guys, I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. 
I dearly love you two, even though there's been years that I've not liked you two. Um, but I was kind of going in thinking, oh, this will be awesome. I've seen a lot of the videos on TikTok. Well, you know, and uh, oh my God, I can't, by the way, I can't, my dream thing now is to watch a Real Housewives episode inside the sphere. Can you imagine Aviva's leg just getting thrown uh, like on an 80 story building? It would just be, now that would be the perfect marriage of art and technology. But uh, it, it just, it, um, it's hard for e- me to even collect my thoughts on this because it was really such a unique experience. Now I got these tickets um, last April when they went on sale and so this is like pre mom uh, dying. And, you know, I didn't even know, you know, like, Hey, what was December even going to look like? But Hey, I figured, Oh yeah, you know, I can get rid of them easy. Uh, Cause you know, there were, there were hard tickets to come by and uh, the show had not even premiered yet. Like they had not done the first show, but they were already selling tickets to the sphere. Now the sphere, you guys, it is really fascinating what it is. I, I'm sure you guys all know, what it is by now, but basically it is, it's like a hundred. It's, it's, it has, you know, imagine like you have a hundred inch TV at home. The sphere has 160,000 square feet of led panels that create the largest high definition screen in the world around you, in front of you, over your head. Um, it is just insane. There's over a million like different little light bulbs on the outside and the inside that come together. And the sound, I thought certain things would get lost with the sound. The sound is built in this kind of dome structure. So you get perfect sound. You like feel it in your bones. Like it reverberates, uh, uh, Adam plate, uh, uh, the bassist, uh, you, you would feel the bass. Um, and I was, I was lucky enough to get, uh, floor tickets, but I thought, wow, once I started seeing the videos and seeing the images, cause they go straight up to the very top of the sphere. I said, oh, this could be really horrible. These could be really bad seats because you're not going to be able to see the full visual. And I was wrong. Every seat in that place is amazing. And we went back today to see, um, to do a tour of the sphere. And they also do this thing. Uh, they do like a 50 minute film by Darren Aronofsky, the filmmaker called postcards from earth. Um, and it, it it's another thing that is just wild. And they have, and I sat up on like the 300 section instead of the floor, just so I could see what it would be like from a different area, a different vantage point. I fully geeked out on this thing. And it has like haptic seats. So it like, you know, if an elephant comes by the stage, they like shake your seat. Like when they're soaring in the sky, there's like wind. It is really a very unique experience. Um, but I think U2 was a perfect band to actually choose. Now, a lot of you kids out there, if you're listening, U2 might not be considered hip or cool anymore, but U2, I fell back in love with that band this year after I listened to Bono's autobiography. I really, U2 was one of the first bands that I fell in love with. Uh, I remember in the beginning of high school, this guy, Paul Benyon introduced me uh, to U2 and my other best friend, Dusty, we all just were big U2 heads. My first stadium concert was U2's Zoo TV tour based uh, from their album, Octung Baby. And I, it meant so much to me as a kid, that album, and this is the Octoon Baby tour. So they play the entire album, but this was my first concert experience. You guys back in uh, Tempe, Arizona, the zoo TV tour. And, you know, I was young. I didn't really know how concerts work. So you're just kind of like, wow, this is incredible. Now I remember it was a uh, public enemy opening and 
uh, I believe the sugar cubes, which Bjork was a part of, but I remember public enemy came out and they did. And I like public enemy and they had a song by the time I get to Arizona, because at that point, Arizona had not approved uh, Martin Luther King day as a holiday. And so they did a protest and they only did by the time I get to Arizona, that song of theirs and then left stage. And me as a kid, I was like, I was like, why the fuck are they leaving stage? What? I wanted to see public enemy, but regardless zoo TV tour at the time, it was what 1992. Um, it was all of these TV screens around the stage. And back then I was like, Oh, I've never seen anything like it. They would actually, uh, prank the White House, George Bush's White House, and call the White House operator every show. And he could like flip channels and stuff. Now you look at it and it's kind of like a little janky looking. But back then, I had never seen anything like it. And a lot of people hadn't seen that either. Now, flash forward to we're in the year 2023. And they are once again at the forefront of technology. And they're doing this album, which, you know, Zoo TV and Octoon Baby and what they've done now with the visualizations, it's it's overpowering, but not in the way you would think, because they choose their moments on which to use the full sphere. I my fear was that this was this sphere was going to swallow up the band. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to even pay attention to the band because I'm going to be so into these visuals. That is not the case. Like these guys, I got to tell you, Bono. For as much as we joke about him sometimes and other pop stars, this guy is one of the last people to really, truly have rock and roll swagger. This guy comes out there. He just commands a stage just by putting on sunglasses. Uh, The Edge, you know, unfortunately, Adam Clayton, the uh, um, the drummer is not or is it am I mixing up Larry? And anyways, the drummer is not had to sit this one out because he's having back issues. So they have a fill in drummer who was great, but it was so amazing. And to see them that close, but then also the visualization, all of the stuff and the care that went into that show. I've, I, you guys know, I have seen hundreds upon hundreds of concerts and I really, I thought I'd seen it all. I've seen Beyonce. I've seen Prince. I've seen LCD sound system. I've seen uh, Daft Punk. I've seen, I've seen things that were like the best of the best. And I'm not like humble bragging. Like it was like, literally, this is one of the loves of my life is going to see live music. This is one of the top experiences I've ever had at a concert. Just hands down. I mean, blew me away, blew me away. I went and I took a bunch of video, even though I still enjoyed the show. I took a bunch of video and I just, I, I, even this morning, I was still going through the video, just, just watching it. Just, just also, I, you know, cried multiple times during the show. Like I cried it, you know, and, and I've heard all of these songs so much. And I heard one that, you know, obviously the song one, uh, we get to carry each other, bury each other. That, uh, that line in the song, I just, I, I was losing it. I was thinking about my mom. I was thinking, I was just like, but it's such, it speaks to what good music can do that you can relate it to your own life, no matter how the singer, you know, actually intended the lyrics to be, but we all put ourselves in, you know, those songs and who we know in those songs and the passion in which it's performed. And it's like this guy, Bono, he just sells it. He's like an actor. He's like, it, 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 I just can't say enough good things, but just literally it was jaw dropping at times. There was only one, one sphere thing where there was a queasy element I will say like, cause it looked like the stage was rising because the images behind it were going so insane. Um, and I was like, I don't ugh, get a little stomachy here, but that, it, you, you know, close your eyes. Um, but it was, it's something that's going to stay with me forever, really blown away. And, uh, you two is a very special band to me. I have so much history with that band, even though I really fell off with that band. I think around, 
because uh, I've seen them a lot live, but around like two that maybe it was when they put the album on everybody's iPod without asking. And I didn't really care neither here. here. My mom was, I remember my mom being pissed off about that. My mom was like, where did this U2 album come from? Who did this to me? I did not ask. I, I did not ask for this to happen. I did not ask. I remember my mom complaining, thinking somebody had hacked her and put a U2 album in. And I was like, well, you kind of got hacked in a way. But she was like, I don't want this. And I'm like, mom, it's free. I just don't want this. I don't want this. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I saw their... Uh, their U2, what was it? The one we had, the gigantic, gigantic claw tour. Oh, U2 360. Uh, that was good. I saw that at the Rose Bowl. I saw their Pop Mart tour at the Coliseum. Like I, I remember I lived in Arizona at the time, traveled to see that. Um, I've seen a bunch of their shows, but kind of fell off. And then uh, I will say, though, I'm just blown away. I'm blown away by what they can do and how powerful their music is and how what a showman Bono is. It seems like... You know, after reading this book too, and all, I mean, I really highly recommend that autobiography, um, you know, and just all the work he's done on behalf of the AIDS crisis and forgiving foreign debt. Uh, I mean, it just shows that he can walk and chew gum at the same time in such a unique, unique way. But I, it was like a spiritual experience last night. And I know you're like, oh, stop it. We get it already. But my God, you guys. And then the sphere itself, I've just, the only thing that I, that as a pop culture lover, the next act they have booked there is a four night stand uh, by, with the band Fish, who I saw for the first time a couple times le- this past year at the Hollywood Bowl, and they were amazing. And you know, getting my fish on, but they're going to do four nights. But you, I, I was trying to think of who are going to be Sphere artists because <clears throat> it is so expensive. It costs um, a half a million dollars a day to provide electricity to the Sphere. Like I'm looking at it right now, it is still lit up. They light it up all night. Like, think about that. Like, how does this place make money? And it's like, even if you have all those people in, we're buying expensive tickets, we're buying on this and that, we're staying at the Venetian, you know, it puts money in all these different coffers. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to have big acts too that are going to marry the technology and art. And you too did a great job. We'll see what Fish does because Fish has their own lighting guy. And, you know, it's it's based on each song, but they don't really pick out their it's going to be a very interesting thing from, from what I hear in terms of each fish set is unique. And so how do you do visuals when they're usually done on the spot for a place like the sphere that is unlike no other place, but supposedly that'll be amazing. I was just trying to think what other musical artists would you want to go to the sphere to see who could really use that space? Cause you can't give it away to like nobodies that are not going to fill it. You need somebody that's going to at least fill 18,500 seats so I was like, okay, you, you know, I was trying to go through the big ones, like, you know, Harry Styles, um, you know, he'll probably Beyonce, of course, um, you too, amazing, but it's like, uh, EDM you could probably see in there, but like, you've got to, you've got to book these kind of gigs that people are really willing to play ball to marry that technology and commerce and really do something special with it because they're also franchising this. This is uh, the mastermind of a guy named James Dolan, who owns MSG, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden, that whole company. He has the exclusive rights for the sphere. He has the patent on it and they're trying to sell it in other markets. So um, I think, you know, we were like, well, we'd probably go to Abu Dhabi. It'll probably, you know, like all of Dubai, you know, because it takes so much. It's over two billion dollars to make the sphere. So, so much goes into it. I'm just like, how do you. I, I almost wondered if it was too much technology too early, you know, before they actually fully know how to 
do it cost effectively, if that makes sense. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm doing inside baseball, folks. I was just so excited. I wanted to share with you this experience. Um, so, I was trying to think of other acts, but what other acts could you? Because you couldn't put my, you couldn't put Counting Crows in there. They, no, you couldn't do that. I don't think you could do a stand up. I wouldn't want to see a stand up 80 foot tall. Like, what visualization are you going to see with Dave Chappelle? I'm like, how do you use this space and get people in there and deliver a unique experience? Because it's like, that's a Ferrari. You want to like really take that out for a test drive and do, like, I, I don't know. It just, I've not seen an experience like that. So, I was really happy we went back today to see the film. Cause you have to pay for that too. I saw the 50 minute film and then you get a, did a tour of the space and the thing, they have these things called auras and they're AI robots, which I talk about with Sophie a little bit in the show towards the end. And you can ask, and it's really creepy cause it's like, you know, facializations, body movement, but I'm, I'm telling you guys this AI, we got to stop it. Like we got to stop it. It is ridiculous. And I just, it is not going I, I don't think it's going to end well with uh, for us with if we keep letting AI go. This thing was having full conversations with people, knew the answers to everything. You know, I almost asked if it listened to my podcast, but I didn't want to get like made fun of in front of everybody by an AI robot of like, I don't listen to shit. Like, screw you. But uh, they made like digital avatars of you. It was, but uh, the AI thing, really creepy. Also, Postcards from the Earth, the Darren Aronofsky short film that he made on 18K cameras. They had to invent new cameras to film for like 80 stories. And it's amazing. But the whole the whole point in the whole for 50 minute film was about how we've kind of abused the world in a sense. And it's, uh, you know, that we've used a lot of its resources and we need to give it time to heal. I mean, it was like really, you know, we saw the beauty of the world throughout the course of the 50 minutes. And in this, we take off for space. It's not like a, a movie, but it's like saying that eventually we will leave and try to find other spaces to inhabit while the world heals, which I just don't think we would ever be that selfless. <laughs> I think it would be like, fuck it, I'm staying till it burns. You ain't getting me on a spaceship. But it was, uh, 
it was great because you saw this. And then people around us, I guess this guy was uh, saying like afterwards, because <laughs> everybody, anybody can buy it. This guy, this, this uh, cowboy guy was like, it was a lot of bullshit. We ain't doing that with the world. World's totally fine. That's all this. That's that's just bullshit. We ain't destroying nothing. And I'm like, I love it that you just see this film that's so beautiful, kind of talking about what actually is out there, and then somebody's like, "There's a bunch of bullshit. That just fake right out of the gate." You know, and it's like, I love. I mean, I, I, it's so scary and it's funny at the same time, mainly scary, and I just love. But also, I love that that was the film that they chose to show at the Sphere, made for the Sphere. And it's like they're showing it in Vegas, the land of excess. You know, it's like you walk out of there and you're going into a casino after watching this thing about like, we need to give back to the earth. And it's like, let's go. Let's get a six foot margarita. Woo. It was uh, truly, truly bizarre. I was like, oh, this is like a weird, this is like weird messaging that I don't even know. Like half the people think it's fake and then half the people just don't give a shit. And they're like, we're going to gamble. Um. I don't know. So if you get the chance, I know you two extended, I think they were originally scheduled for like 35 shows there. And then they extended through, I think February, I think is, is when they're last. And so they do like three shows a week. And then the other days when they're off, they do this whole, you know, tour uh, film thing to get people in the seats. And that was kind of expensive as well. Um, so it is pricey. Um, but I would really recommend it if you are going to be in this area. Um, and you know, all these songs, but it just really was an amazing, amazing experience. This is not even a paid, paid promotion. Like this is truly just, I was blown away. I will remember this night forever. I was, uh, texting my dad and my sister, like videos and things like that. I just, I would love to have, I would love for mom to be here just so she'd be like, is that the people that put, is that the people that did the album on my phone? Is that the people that, that hacked into my phone? And I'd be like, yeah, mom, it totally was. Um, so yeah, the sphere also, so you two got a, I guess a 10 million upfront thing, and then they get 4 million per show. And then on top of that, they have like t-shirt sales, all of that stuff. So doing pretty good, but I think they just, what a great way to start this thing called the sphere. It really, I think the perfect band. And once you see it, it all makes sense. Even that much more. I'm just excited to see how we use it from this point on. Cause it is, it's really groundbreaking in a way that the TikTok videos that I've seen doesn't just doesn't do it justice. You got to go see it with your own eyes. I can't wait for you guys to see this with your own eyes. Also. So the holidays, obviously we said two weeks until uh, the old big, the old big day we're in Hanukkah right now. And I know a lot of people are celebrating different things and I, 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 I wish you a happy celebration with all of it. Uh, but just for the people, since we always like to give updates, about my family and a lot of people have shared that they really appreciate uh my dad's journey and my journey and my sister's journey all of our journeys um and it is interesting is that i was texting with my sister today because my dad my dad went to columbus ohio to see uh he talked about this last time to visit his 99 year old mom for the first time um since he was born no 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 <laughs> no he said yeah you know, my dad wasn't able to get out to Columbus in the last year because of how sick, you know, I will say the, the process with my mom took um, a full year. I mean, she'd been sick for a while, but the, the bad part of it lasted a full year. So dad could not go back to Columbus. So this was the first time back and she's 99. She's a little, you know, she's, but you know, they, they were feeding her pizza, wine, ribs. I mean, this lady, 99 year old, she has the, I mean, she has a better stomach than I do. I don't know how they're feeding her all this stuff. I'm just like, you guys just are 
gotta be shitting your brains out over there. But I was really happy that he's with some family over there. My uncle David and Michelle and Monica, my cousins. Um, but, uh, I was texting with my sister. I have all these different texts now with family, like different text threads, family text threads. But what I had done, cause you know, he was also talking about, he doesn't know. He was like, I don't know if I want to put up Christmas decorations, but now we're at the, you know, we're at the 10th. And so dad's away. But what I had done was that I took all the, like, I have all the photos of how my mom decorated every year. Like I went back and like found all the photos or just any photo that I'd taken of like the nutcracker placement, all of this stuff. So I gave those all to my sister. So uh, my sister did something amazing with her husband today and went over and decorated. I mean, they didn't do the full, you know, thing. Nobody could ever do the full thing that my mom did ever. We'll never just unique, one of a kind will never be replaced like Becky Bailey herself. But she went over and did a little bit and I sent her all the photos of like the placement and things like that. And we're going to surprise dad with that. Dad, I don't, I don't think dad listens on a regular basis. So I think we're safe, but I thought that was beautiful. And I hope, um, but even my sister was saying, and when I was even going through those photos of Christmas, uh, this weekend, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're playing with fire a lot of the times. I think why I work so hard, um, especially after, since she's passed, you know, three months ago is because, it's really hard to face those thoughts. So you want to fill for me as much of that time and space as you can, you know, and, and with things that don't have to do with, with that, with her. And, um, <clears throat> so then when you start looking at those, it gets really, it gets really sad. Cause you're like, Oh, that's it. You know, that's, that's a wrap. And then I was looking at all the photos from Christmas last year. Cause last Christmas was when she made me the, she knitted me the Lenny Kravitz scarf. Remember the big old Lenny Kravitz smart uh, the scarf. I put it in my Instagram on Christmas day and she knitted me a huge ass scarf, which I'm taking into New York and we'll get a photo just like Lenny Kravitz, uh, you know, the, uh, the ugly version of the Lenny Kravitz photo, but it, she made me this. She was so proud of it. Uh, but I was just thinking back to last Christmas and my sister and I were texting on a separate text thread, just me and her today. And, uh, you know, we are just like, it just, it's just weird. We still thought she would be here for, for Christmas. We really thought we were, too, you know, we thought, we thought it's going to be bad, but we thought, you know, it's like weird when you start bartering with time and how time, uh, is it, you know, kind of a construct in some ways, but it's, uh, it's, it's based around with families with holidays, right? Like, you know, okay, Thanksgiving, Halloween. And my mom made a production of every holiday, especially Christmas. So um, it is weird because she's saying, oh, how sad it was doing this, even though it's a, we're doing a good thing. But it sad. And I was like, yeah, I was looking at those pictures. It is, it's very sad. It is, it messes with your head. Like there is this um, psychological warfare. You go with your own mind of, how far you will allow yourself to feel. And sometimes you can't pull it back until it's too late. And then you just wind up in a, you know, your bed for two days. And the only reason I want to speak about this or have been encouraged to speak about this, because I've gotten so much reaction from you guys of people that have said the same thing that said, this is totally normal that, uh, or people are like, Oh, thank, thankful. Thank you. I'm thankful that you talked about it. Cause I'm going through that right now. And that is, that is, seems to be similar to, to what I'm going through. And, uh, I just want to say I'm, I'm, I'm there with you guys and I'm thinking about you and trying to send some good energy your way. Like you've sent good energy my way to me and my family. And, uh, it is that kind of bold adventure that you don't want to go on of how to do these holidays with people that you still love, but one of the, the main people that you love the most, not being able to be there and how do you honor her memory and speak her name and, and do the things that would make her proud, um, but, uh, but at the same time, try to 
try to create new memories and new traditions. I don't want to do that shit like I did on Thanksgiving where I, I had to go hiking Thanksgiving morning, but you know, traditions, new traditions nonetheless. So anyways, I was just thinking about you guys. Don't know if some of you are feeling the same way. And I just wanted to shout that out. And uh, for every you two at the sphere I get to see, I have to also look at the flip side of of, of um, going through what we're going through right now. And uh, life kind of balances itself out that way. But enough of that sad stuff. Let's get to the show. Listen, we just we barely s- scratched the surface, right? This is just a really fun conversation where we talk about a lot of different pop culture items. I'm a smart ass. She's a smart ass. And together we form a unifying smart ass that will hopefully make you laugh on this Monday. There will be episodes all week this week, including recaps. But I'm serious. Try the other shows, folks. Also be back on Sirius XM uh, on Friday on the uh, Jeff Lewis Live after show. So if if you have Sirius, go support there. I appreciate all your support with all of this. I do know how lucky I am. Um, and I'm trying to work to make you guys proud in terms of the show, not my life, but in terms of the show. Uh, so I love you guys have the best Monday ever. And I will talk to you tomorrow on Tuesday. Bye baddies. In the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, welcome to your week. It is so bad it's good on Monday. This is your pop culture roundup. Uh, I am on the road in Vegas right now. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the sphere directly behind me. So actually just watch on YouTube and you'll like maybe take an edible or something and you'll completely trip out during this next hour. But we have back with us after two weeks celebrating the fourth night of Hanukkah, the one, the only Sophie Ross. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Oh yeah. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. Happy Hanukkah. Have you gotten any, have you gotten any Hanukkah, uh, good Hanukkah gifts? Thus yeah, far. I got some cute aloe stuff for Hanukkah. Ooh. I got some books. Um, yeah, yeah. All I'm right, all right. Hanukkah gifts so far. We actually now you just wait. What's that? By the way, sorry. I know that I'm not supposed to eat on the podcast. Oh my god! Here we go. I understand that. I have a little bit of a sore throat right now. Yeah. So I have a lozenge, and I'm almost they're the cream saver yeah. ones. They taste like Ooh. cream saver. They're so freaking good. But cream I'm saver. You want to save that sensation of, of a cream saver. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, don't, hey, listen. Hey, we're going to get comments regardless of what we do. So just, no. just be True. you. True. Just either, be you. Either way, no matter what I say, it'll be like, that girl sounds like Sheena. Oh my God. It is interesting though. When the, the when the show gets bigger, I, it's like you get more and more um, uh, criticisms for things that you can't control. Like, 
you're like, hey, your face isn't symmetrical. And I'm like, no shit, it isn't. Like, I know that. I know. This is a podcast. Which is fine. Everyone is like entitled to their opinions. It's just not a voice comparison that I would (laughs) wish for. Oh um, my God. I would wish on my worst enemy. Oh my God. (laughs) Sophie, Sophie, uh, dude, I I recorded shenanigans with Sheena this past week. She had me and uh, Kiki talk of shame on, and she did a bunch of pop culture stories, but it started off with, she goes, let me play you guys something. This was this past Tuesday. And she played her and Lala's new Christmas song called Christmas Slay. But I didn't even know that, I didn't even know she had a song in the works. So all of a sudden out of nowhere, she, and she plays the full three minute song in front of us. Like there was no preparation for this. And I just thought how bizarre I'm, I'm hearing a Sheena Shea track before everybody else. And it's a Christmas song and it starts name dropping like Trace Amigas, Lisa Rena, and then like uh, uh, has a Raquel thing, has a temporary restraining order reference, which all holiday songs should have a reference to restraining orders. That sounds like an out of body experience. Oh, oh Sophie, I thought I, th- I literally thought this is kind of like sort of like dreams I've had. Oh, my God. Well, I really is it like out yet? Yes, it it came out Thursday night. It dropped Thursday night. It's already out there, folks. I played it at a holiday party and it went over so well. There's some fa-la-la-la-las in it. And Lala and Sheena, they I mean, I don't know why they don't don't do a full duets album at this point. Did you see okay, I'm gonna listen to it right after this. Yeah, you got it. I mean, I they they need to work on their marketing, their buzz a why? little bit. Why? Because it came out Thursday and I had no oh, idea. Oh, no. Well, see, I, yeah, okay, so I'm telling everybody, go listen to this. Add it to your holiday jam collection. And look, I am fairly active on, like, Housewives Twitter, Vanderpump see, Twitter. So are you, since you've gotten this dog, are you falling off on pop culture? Is it, when you're, like, a mom to a boy dog, is it is it taking you away from your true passion of pop culture are, knowledge? Are you going to take me out back? Didn't shoot me like old yeah. yellow. I didn't, Boys, no, uh, I'm on top of my shit. I swear. But I was telling Ryan before we started recording that Baxter, my puppy, has a tapeworm. And if you watch the episode of American Horror Stories, the new season, the episode with Rena called Tapeworm, it's like a monster that ends up coming out of your ass. Spoiler alert. Wait, is wait is Lisa Rinna the monster that comes out of your ass? Because that's like the that's Lisa Rinna should get it. Like that's her dream role. She actually, she actually did the um, she did the Mia Goth thing where she played two characters. Whoa! How how can you tell they're different characters? Did you do an accent? Form and then like casting director. <laughs> he, was, he was pretty good, you guys. No, but like, she's. She knows her way around a so like she knows yeah. her way around that kind of role. Which, by the way, did you see that Kim Kardashian um, has now signed a deal with Ryan Murphy, and they're doing a show based around Laura Wasser, Kim's divorce attorney, and Kim's going to play a Laura Wasser type. And you know this will be built around Kim, but I'm telling you, this lady will do anything. It. Yeah, but she'll do anything to not pass that bar. She'll be like too busy, can't pass the bar. She's playing a lawyer. On a, instead of like just like being a lawyer, she's well, like that one. I think she's accepting all of these like movie and TV parts now because she just doesn't want to study. She just wants to do everything yeah, in doesn't. her power. Also, they're like just Ryan Murphy. They're just Ryan Murphy production. Ryan Murphy. 
Ryan well, Murphy. Ryan Murphy has such an interesting career because he did Nip Tuck, uh, Glee, American Horror Story, movies. I mean, yeah. he, he does really good work and then he does like some really cheesy good work. It's like different tones, but Kim will be able to do like he will make sure that Kim does not look bad in any of this. She I was pleasantly surprised by yeah. her turn in American Horror Story. What was this most recent season called? With her, uh, it's, it's called uh, American Horror Story Money Grab. Delicate. What oh, delicate. Was- sorry, I said money grab. Sorry. It was so. It nothing happened. Nothing happened. But like it was, it was bad, and they had to stop because of like the writers' strike. Yeah. They stopped like ha- before even like anything happened. It was five episodes of nothingness. But Kim Kardashian was surprisingly good, and you know I'm the last person to say that. And I, I don't know. I'm like most curious about her character's arc. Well, I, I, yeah, the, the arc of a character folks is very important in anything because you get to see where the character starts, where the character ends. And I only watched a a handful of episodes, but I saw the trailer. So I'm assuming just from like watching, I'm assuming Kim is part of the evil cabal that wanted the character to have a baby. And then she's probably going to take the baby. Right. That's like Am the line I'm getting. Yeah. So like we'll see, we'll see if the sh- if the second part of the show ever comes out. Like I don't even think they started refilming it. Well, have you? I think there's so much right now that like if they decided to not film the rest of it, I think we'd be be all okay. Like, do we'd you be need? Okay, but I think in the back of my mind, I would like forever be a little bit annoyed that they just like never finished that show, and it was five episodes of like, like I wasted my time. But it's like I don't need to know the finish of Tristan Thompson. I just want him gone. Like I don't need to know where yeah. it ends up. I just want him done. But let's do that with TV shows and movies too. Like, do I need to see two more avatars? Like, I get it. No, I, it's awesome. Not great technology. But- on the other hand, I do need seven more seasons of Santa Clarita Diet. And <laughs> that just disappeared on a cliffhanger. Everyone was so, I remember, I'm still mad about that. Like, I Justice for I Santa Clarita Diet. Seriously, Drew Barrymore was amazing. I know that she has plenty going on. She's fine. Timothy Oliphant, who I, or is it Oliphant? Oliphant, Oliphant. Olaf, Timothy Oliphant is so sexy also. Um, and then also, what's his name? The guy, the meme, Skyler. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And then Van from, okay, I'm sorry, you guys, I'm going Anyways, on right now. Guys, Santa Clarita Diet is a very interesting show to pick because not a lot of people talk about it, yet you still will will scream its praises. Uh, I have moved on. I have not moved on. Like, wow. I'm still pissed off about it because it ended on a cliffhanger. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a Netflix thing, you know? Netflix always famously unceremoniously cancels Cancels. Shows. Yeah, they don't care. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just um, something will never get over, I guess. Also, I wanted to go back to your dog really quick because if you go look at, oh, if you go look at Sophie's stories, um, the dog has like taken over the entire apartment. Like there's like a dog fence, but it looks like the dog has both the fenced off area and the normal area. So I'm like, it, it's really, this dog is, I mean, really and moved it keeps, in. It's like expanding until like we're the ones with no room left. Like my friend and I were joking that because when she came over a couple of weeks ago, it was like, you know, us in the living room, Baxter and the little playpen and he's doing the zoomies. And we were like, next time you come over, it's going to be Baxter. It's going to be Baxter's apartment. 
Yeah. <laughs> Baxter offering you like a bowl and like some Chinese food. And I'm going to be the one doing like zoomies at a playground. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is funny. Have you let the dog sleep with you guys yet? Are you still crate at night? We have been grading. Last night was an exception because he hasn't felt well. Oh, from his that's how it's, dude, this dog is faking a tapeworm just to get in that bed. <laughs> that dog, there's no way that dog has a tapeworm. That dog is faking it because he knows he wants on that bed. Alexa, play Mastermind by Taylor Swift. <laughs> Wait, speaking of Taylor Swift, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs game is tied right now in the fourth quarter. And I know we don't do sports a lot, but Sophie's a sports girl. And this is a very important game for the Chiefs because if they lose again, Taylor Swift will break up with him. That is a press release from Tree Payne today. <laughs> Their dating future hangs in the balance of this Chiefs game. But honestly, if they do lose again, don't you think it kind of takes a little bit of the wind out of the sails of a power couple? Um, if they win or if they lose, if they lose again, don't you think Taylor has to be like, I'm not used to being with a loser. I'm going to argue, you could argue that, but I'm going to argue no, because, uh, the chiefs are just perennial like contenders. They're just like always going to be contenders. They have like the best court. If you ask anyone who knows football, they'll probably say that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Travis Kelsey is probably the best tight end in football. They're just like very talented. They're going to be fine. Do they you think love- Taylor's done that joke of like, I love to see your tight end, Travis Kelsey? Do you yeah. think she's done that to him? Yeah. And she's like, so hot when they're. <laughs> she's like, she's like, let's play, uh, let's play tackle this time. Let's play tackle. Let's not just touch, let's tackle. Um, okay. So actually, this is great because Page Six did this article. Um, that saying that, you know, they're really pushing this. Travis is potentially going to ask Taylor to marry him and they're going to do a surprise party. And I think these are so funny because I don't think there's a lot of truth to any of this, but I do think it's funny. Like what if there was truth and Travis is like, fuck, it's supposed to be a surprise. And now she's going to see it. Like what if, like when you get engaged, what if like page six, like right before it happens, does an article and you're like, well, it would have been nice to be surprised. And also he would do like the, remember when like Chris Humphreys proposed to Kim Kardashian, like with like the rose petals <laughs> and the camera crew. <laughs> Poor Chris Humphreys, dude. That guy really got to, des- I think got destroyed in a lot of ways because of that Kardashian marriage and relationship. Oh yeah. I think he had it worst of the Kardashian curse quote unquote that you could argue have happened he's definitely came out worse well and i like i saw pictures of him recently he was on a yacht so he's like doing fine but he was like looking off into the distance and i always just like i put there's just a deep sadness about yeah yeah like every time i see a picture i put on him that he's deeply sad i'm like god (laughs) he's probably just looking into the the abyss of the ocean just wondering where it all went wrong i'm sure he has a lovely lovely life but i think he's like sad all the time Um, I agree. Um, what do you think? Like in terms of Kathy Hilton, I think she might be doing too much for the holidays and Christmas lately. I feel like, why are they like always at a holiday? Yeah. Like I'm getting confused at which holiday parties like is whose holiday party. Like it seems too much. I thought it was like the one, but it turns out Kathy's had like seven different ones at this point. And I see her popping up in other people's holiday photos on my Instagram feed. Yeah, like, what is that all about? Like, is that, I don't know. Like, is it just because, like, I'm Jewish? Like, what? what is with, like, 
your people. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I listen, we know Mauricio is Jewish, so but Mauricio's not part of the family anymore. True. Um, True. did you watch uh Beverly Hills this week? Okay, don't hate me. I watched oh my everything God. else. Wait, wait, Sutton pulled a joint out of her purse and you didn't watch it? I'm trying to prove my point that I'm still on top of Bravo, but I watched Potomac, Salt Lake City, Winter House, and Southern Charm because those you, are on my priority list over Beverly you Hills. You chose Winter sense. House? You chose yes. Winter House over Beverly Hills? Yes. Okay, yes, make your argument is. for Winter House because I this past week, you know make your argument right now because you I was with what? you two I weeks saw- ago. I saw a lot of people talking about how like painfully cringe the Danielle and Alex situation is. And that was like, I was like, okay, I need to watch this. Like, I think there's something like, even though it's like secondhand embarrassment, it's also like so fun to watch. Well, explain that to the audience that doesn't watch Winter House. Danielle's doing something very interesting, but I think we've seen a lot of our friends that are girls and friends that are guys have done this kind of behavior. Explain what she's doing. So Danielle from Summer House and Alex from Below Deck, and this is my first time being introduced to Alex, um, start hooking up. And he's like this cringy, long hair, like icky, like conventionally hot with abs, but like kind of like a freak. like Tribal tattoos on the back. Tribal tattoos, right. Um, So she and Alex start like hooking up and she says that she is just looking for fun after her breakup from Robert. And obviously that's not what ends up happening. She's going full hub house, like going kind of insane on him has clearly gotten very attached, has feelings for him and like cannot deal with him. Like he just talking wants to other to women fun, talking to other women. So it's just, you know, as you can imagine, she basically is going full like hub house a little bit. Well, it is sad because we all like Danielle, But Danielle seems to be an interesting character. And uh, Alex was on Watch What Happens Live this week and said, because they did a reunion for this, which I thought, you know, there's only two things really to talk about with a reunion. But they did a reunion and said that Danielle came in guns blazing. Danielle came in guns blazing about Alex. But Alex, to me, it doesn't seem like there's a thought going on in that guy's head except for being good looking. It's a one-sided beef because it's like you have these feelings that he doesn't have. Like he's just like, I wanted to have fun. Like, I literally don't care about you. In the last He's episode- like, I wanted, to, I wanted to get it in. I wanted to have sex. Danielle literally overheard him and Jordan, the girl from Summer House Martha's Vineyard, who I think he has an actual crush on, um, talking. I, I think they might actually like, be dating and they haven't revealed it yet, by the way. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, Alex, like she's talking about Danielle and he's like, Dude, Danielle sucks. Danielle fucking sucks. She hears the guy <laughs> that she's like in love with saying that about her. And then she doesn't yeah. think she's like talking in the mirror. She's like, you can do this. Yeah. You can do this, Danielle. Like, and that, yes. And then, yeah. but then if he gives her attention, she's like, cool again. She's like, oh, it's cool. Da, da, da. Like, I just don't like, but by the way, you know who she's dating now. She's dating Joe Bradley from Southern Hospitality, oh, which God. is premiered on Thursday night. Which also, like, probably will not end well. Um, But, yeah, it's just, like, she has no game. It's just, like, you got to watch it, guys. That's, like, the main selling point is Danielle having no game and Danielle being embarrassing. But, like, I can't look away. And then Schwartz being Schwartz and Brian Benny being a good guy. Um, Yeah. 
Did you so, watch Southern yeah, Charm? Probably check it out. Oh, and also, yeah, she gets in a fight with Brian. Um, because his just, mom sent him clothes from Amazon, and she's like, like "Stop like, with your mom's clothes, Brian." Yeah, like, I don't fucking care about your mom's clothes. It's time to party. I'm like, <laughs> who is this person? Dude, Alex said on Watch What Happens Live that Danielle can put it away, like can put booze away more than most guys that he knows. Like, and she, and she seems like that. one of those people that doesn't need a lot of sleep, so she gets up early and then just goes back to work. Like, she th- there are people like that out there. Their DNA needs to be tested. We need to I be able to replicate that's this. Also, that's Kyle Cook also. I feel like but Kyle, Kyle's slowing down. Kyle seems bro, like he's slowing down bro. in this winter house. He is a little bit past his prime, not going to lie. Still love him. Still love him. But yeah. Did you watch Southern Charm this week? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. JT steps to Austin at the end. And Austin's like, JT, what do you? I mean, come on, JT. And kind of laughs at JT. Yeah. But I like that JT's like, you got to chill with the women, dude. You got to be honest. And you got to treat women with respect. And And everyone's like, (laughs) Like everyone's laughing at him. It's so like losing it at the table. It's so funny. But I love J. I die. I love JT. JT. I love JT. JT is fantastic. He was born to be a housewife. Yes. Um. Yeah, he's great. And basically, the crux of the issue, which I think a lot of viewers might be getting bored with the storyline, but I'm still kind of enthralled by it. Yeah, the Austin, Olivia Taylor uh, stuff, right? Austin and Taylor are clearly lying and trying. They're in too deep with their lie now that they only kissed, even though they clearly fucked. Like, everyone knows they fucked. Page six basically more or less said it. Everyone thinks they did. They're not very good liars. Austin kind of is, though. Taylor's not. Austin's a really good liar. I feel like for the most and it's, part. No, I do too. But it's also funny because Craig will try to like bust him out. Like they all try to bust him yeah. out. And I think it's interesting that he gets himself continually gets himself in these situations. Right. And Olivia's like, they can't, they're like at an impasse because they can't move on until like the truth is revealed that they actually had sex instead of just kissing. But like, they won't admit it. They're in too deep with their lies. So I'm waiting to see, like, I want to see if they end up actually like coming clean about it. Like I'm fascinated by it. And where are you at with Shep? Shep is just like sad. Like he's just like a sad old man. That's clearly jealous. Um, You know that he's always, anyone who's watched Southern Charm from the beginning knows that he's always kind of like looked down on Craig. And now I feel like Shep has, um, like realize that Craig has surpassed him a little bit in life. Like, like big time, big time surpassed him. I think. Yeah. Like has a business, it has all the success, um, has gotten better looking with age, better looking, not more disgusting looking <laughs> that, you know, relationship with another hot Bravo celebrity. I don't know if that's part of it, but like Craig just has his shit together and Shep like is still kind of like the, you know, meandering frat boy Shep Shep tried to throw out at the end of this week's episode that like yeah maybe Paige is cheating on you and I'm sorry Paige might be a lot of things but there's no way Paige is cheating no way yeah a lot of people keep saying like she's too lazy to cheat which I I guess I can see that um 
Yeah. Like, do you think it's just like a Shep? I feel like it's probably just a Shep, like, rumor kind of like. No, I don't even think there's, I don't think there's any factual basis. I think it's something you say to somebody just to throw something to mess them up in their head. But I don't think there is any factual basis because I don't think anybody would tell Shep Dick in regards to any kind of like dirt. No one should tell Shep Dick. Wait, but I got to get back to this. Why really? Why the... Why the Beverly Hills slander? Like, why can't you have the time to watch Beverly Hills? Which I think is like Morgan Wade. You didn't watch like, I'm Morgan. I'm Morgan Wade, Cal. You didn't, you really weren't fascinated? It's not any conscience, conscious decision. It's not a conscious. I think it is. It's just like, where am I at with my priorities? If I don't have a ton of time, what am I choosing? And just lately it's been falling behind Winterhouse and Southern Charm. I, you know, Southern Charm, I can understand, but there's no way Winterhouse should be taking precedence. You're right. I don't have a good excuse. I really don't. I don't have a good excuse. I enjoyed the last episode. I remember it's, it was, it's always the same where I've watched everything else except Beverly Hills and I need to get back, you know, with my priorities. Well, Sophie, let me try to sell you on it a little bit because I also think it, it, this season goes hand in hand with Paris and Love season two that premiered on Peacock last weekend. And Paris and Love season one was whatever. It was so-so. But the second season, if you're missing Kathy this season on Beverly Hills, she is in Paris and Love season two throughout. And it highlights what an insane, what, what a bizarre family that the Hiltons come from. And you see why Kyle is the way she is. You see why Kim is the way she is. And in Paris and Love, Kathy, the way Paris is scared of Kathy is very interesting. So much so that she did not tell Kathy that she had her son until uh, like I, the baby was like a one month old and then showed what? the baby on camera to Kathy for the first time. It is mind blowing television. It is mind blowing. Why? It because was she, she scared to tell Kathy that she was like using a surrogate. Well, she didn't tell anybody. So they, they kept this even from yeah. his family, the husband's family as well. But they just wanted it to be for them. But even through the course of the the nine episodes, you just realize, and they're gonna they did the same thing with their daughter, who they just announced last week as well. And I just I think her, the daughter's name is London. But I, I, I it, it's so bizarre, and and it's so interesting how Kathy was friends with Michael Jackson because there are certain qualities that Paris Hilton has that are very Michael Jackson with the affect and voice with how they like, uh, you know, how the world, I don't know how they move through the world in terms of celebrity. And you got to see it. Cause there's weird scenes of like Paris, not knowing how to change the baby and like handling the baby differently. And I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not mom shaming because I think everybody has their way that they approach it. And I think Paris is such a different person than any of us. Like that. I, I don't, you've got to watch it. You've just got to watch it. You know whose life? I'm like, okay, that sounds actually very interesting. I think I'm going to check it out. But I am so interested in Nikki Hilton's life. She's in it a couple uh, episodes too. She, she's she's interesting. married to, she married into the Rothschilds family. Like one of the wealthiest families in the world. Um, And I'm just like so fascinated by that. Like I would, I would not come against Kathy though. I money. But like, I mean, no one, no wonder Kyle's scared of Kathy. Everybody should be scared of Kathy. Like Lisa Rinna, th- what she did, like Kathy will get the last laugh with Rinna coming after her wait, at wait, the end of I'm last scared. season. Talk about a tape. Should I be scared of Kathy? We should all be scared. Like the fact that we're even talking about this right now, like we should, like we should be on notice right now. Oh my God. I'm nervous. Oh, she could end any of us. Period. 
Like, I probably won't have a podcast next week. Like, it's done. Well, but at the same time, I fe- I respect and fear her. I don't just fear, I respect oh, her. Oh, totally, her. totally. The fact that, like, she could even play kind of like the same way Paris does in that Michael Jackson way that you were saying. It's like a different persona put yeah. on for the cameras. Um, What do you know about this Benny Blanco? Oh, so I guess he's like some music producer that Selena Gomez is dating. Yeah. So Selena Do- Gomez out of like nowhere confirmed that she has been with this gentleman, this music producer, chef guy, Benny Blanco, which just shows how old I'm getting that I was not very aware of Mr. Blanco. Wait, by the way. Yeah. Chiefs. Henry didn't. Henry didn't tell me my boyfriend. Oh my God. Uh, I looked it up. He forgot to tell us the chiefs lost. Oh, dude. Dude. Now, now the negative, uh, the negative press, like the sports press is going to be negative about Taylor this week. Uh-oh. Tree pain. You've got a big week, tree pain. Taylor Swift's publicist. Ooh, that is not, that's not good. The Chiefs, ooh. Wow. It's fun when you're winning. It's the Taylor Swift stuff is fun when you're winning, but it's not when you're losing. Oh God. Now the Swifties are like Chiefs fans, like Chiefs front office. Like they need to get their shit together. Oh my gosh. My friend in Kansas who has been on the pod before and explained like, I mean, she's got to be livid right now because she's a Swifty and a big KC Chiefs fan. It's a really, it's got a bad way to start the week. Oi, not good. Not good. Okay. Sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, so this Benny Blanco, you guys, Benny Blanco. so Selena like went wild on Instagram and like started like responding back to Instagram comments. But the, the reason like a lot of fans, I guess are weird with this relationship because Benny is also one of Justin Bieber's friends And Benny said uh, that Justin Bieber wasn't like those pop stars who are cookie cutter and has a makeup line. And a lot of people, he said this a couple of years ago in 2020. And a lot of people took that to meant he was slamming Selena because she has that rare beauty line out. So supposedly he's bad mouth Selena in the past, but now fans are up in arms that they're together. And Selena's like, "Uh, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. And also they're only six months in. If you're like, dude, I don't care if you're Selena Gomez or anybody. It's like, chill with making those statements. Like, that's a big statement to make that you're the happiest you've ever been in a relationship right. in your life on Instagram. Keep that for your friends and family. Right. Selena was, she was kind of going on like an Instagram commenting rampage. It was like a very bizarre thing for like an A-list celebrity to be doing. That doesn't have to do that. That doesn't have to, it was like very bizarre. And I know that, you know, she's been open with like her mental health struggles, you know, whether it was like a manic episode, I don't know. Um, I found found it very strange. I know a lot of people are, you know, upset with Selena in general for not using her platform in a certain way. Just, I don't know. It, it all sounds exhausting for Selena and for her fans. I feel like as a third party looking in, don't care that much about her, to be honest. Uh-oh. Sorry. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, I don't know. Interesting. I w- Interesting. I want, Listen, I want her to be happy. Yes, I, I want everybody to be happy. The only thing I will say, Selena, if you're listening, I then went on like, you know, I saw a lot of pictures of Benny Blanco 
And he's got his own look, which is great. But part of his look is he has like this unibrow. Like there's this big chunk of hair in the middle where the two eyebrow, like the, you know, it's like a, like a Burton Ernie kind of unibrow. And I just wanted to encourage him to like do something with that. Unless that's how kids are wearing their brows these days with a unibrow. Is that, is that like a new thing? I mean, if you have a unibrow, rock it. Don't, don't, don't. What are you doing, Sophie? Don't, don't. Don't let Ryan... No, brow shame you. Wait, don't. I like the thick eye. You know, like, listen, uh, thick or thin eyebrows. They're all brows. But when you get that middle brow coming in, like, I feel like we should step in as a society and do there's something. A model there. That's like a thing, though. There's there's a model, like a, a woman model. Okay, who, we've got to stop. There's a model for everything now. That's ridiculous. Signature is the unibrow, and she's like, you know, hot, obviously. Yeah, but remember when see they were do remember when they were doing the no brows a couple years ago and like, uh, like Rinna's daughter the yeah, Rinna's daughter Fox. Julia Fox did it all and it like scared the shit Wait, out of me I every feel time like I saw Rinna's it. daughter Amelia like still has something weird with her brows. I I think you could have ended that sentence with weird. Yeah, <laughs> I mean true. Yeah, very true. They scare me a lot. I'm not. I gonna was talking lie. about that. How do you think that? Because I've seen Lisa Rinna on so many. Uh, fashion show red carpets in the last couple of weeks. Do you think that's exhausting after a while to like keep doing that and like keep trying to get new weird looks to like? Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred. She's like so. You think of the word thirsty. There's no one that defines thirsty more than Lisa Rinna. When she keeps bad mouthing being on Housewives, and it's like, girl. We get that you're bummed that they didn't allow you to come back once you said you wanted to come back, but it's never smart to badmouth because you can come back to the housewives in a couple of years. Why burn those bridges? Exactly. But like, it's, I think deep down she would be on housewives right now in a second. That's why she's in front of the cameras in any way she can be on red carpets, whatever it is. I mean, she wants to be in front of the cameras. That's who she is. And like, that's, that's rare. Let's, uh, let's get to some Vanderpump news as it's coming up in January, the new season. And Mr. Tom Sandoval and Mr. Tom Schwartz went on the Twats pod with uh, Freddie and Tamara this past week. They did a joint interview. And I have to say, I thought it was actually uh, very interesting. The stuff that they were able to pull out of Sandoval, but this guy should not be doing interviews. He just always ends up digging a deeper hole for himself. Did you read anything about this? No. What did he say this time? He lets us even further in of like, dude, I tried so hard with Raquel, dude. I loved her. I love, I, he goes, he goes, I quit drinking and smoking for her because she couldn't drink and smoke in that mental health facility. So I, I quit. And like, and then he was like, she just ditched me, dude. She ditched me. So all of a sudden Tom now is a victim in this relationship. And he goes, he said he didn't, he, he couldn't go to a mental health facility because he had to tour with his band. He had dates. He had to, tour, so he couldn't do it. <laughs> the dates that he has personally planned out and paid for. Like, yeah, he couldn't do it. But the, I mean, I just think that like never put your mental health, like never put your band, never put your cover band before your mental health. Those are good words to live by. Well, I think everybody would understand it. Like, yeah. I think everybody would be like, dude, hit us up, hit us up in like wherever you're going to be playing after you also, go. It, it, like, it'd be one thing if it was like, I don't know. 
the Tribeca Film Festival, the Oscars, acceptance yeah. speech, something like once in a lifetime that you can't control. Your freaking like vanity, vanity band dates that no one cares about. I mean, people, wait, listen, people go out to see these shows. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's never good when mental health takes a back seat to something that is highlighting you. That's yep. part of the problem to begin with. And then to like, I'm just fascinated with how Tom has positioned this in his head because we all make excuses for ourselves. So we're never the bad guy. Like I've done, I do that. I know everybody that I know does that. But in this case, for him to start changing the narrative and say, I was in love with Raquel. And he said, he said they really connected because he said they're both models. And he's like, I've modeled for 15 years, dude. Like, I love that their connection point was that they both model. And I was like, this is such a perfect model thing to say. And I I just thought it was so... And Schwartz is sitting there just kind of throwing in some cracks. He looks good by comparison. And this guy, it he's just... He, he fascinates me. He fascinates me. I love gaslighting myself into being like... <laughs> into being like, yeah, I would have gone to rehab or mental health facility if it weren't for like, you know, all of the busy things I have going on in yeah. my social life. Yeah, I, it's would like, oh. I would have gone to the gym. <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's just they don't have HBO Max in the mental health facility that I would go to, and I got to finish out Succession this season. I would otherwise, but I want to watch all the episodes before. Then I can actually get to actually fixing myself. So I just find it really kind of weird because I actually didn't get your, even though this has been out now for about a week and a half, but I wanted your take on it because we also got the announcement in January. We're once again, put out of business in podcasting because Rachel, the artist formerly known oh, as Raquel, yeah. Rachel goes rogue produced by Bethany Frankel will premiere in January. Are you excited for this podcast? But I, are you excited for this podcast? That's the question. I don't think she has the and look this is coming from someone who sounds like Sheena Shea uh, I don't have I don't have the best voice in the world either but I don't think she has the cadence per se I think hi, that, this is Rachel Levis and I'm here to but go slower rogue. than that but yeah. like but she's like calibrating before a sentence and I know I I'm am, not trying to like shit on her intelligence I'm just saying how she speaks but I'm saying if you if you do this you better come correct and like when Tom does right. these interviews you better be taking notes so you can go on and give us actual information here's the reason why right. I'm not continuing on in this relationship because we didn't get a lot of blanks filled in with the Bethany Frankel interviews so let's get them filled yeah. in with your podcast so we all have to like some like positive things to say at least about the information we're given right. even if we don't like the packaging that it's given to us in and I don't blame her because she's not going back on she's not going to be in the new season so like how is she supposed to get her side of the story out and like get well, people, like see her as like a three-dimensional human being again you know I, mean, I guess sometimes it's like maybe you don't need to get your story at but if you're going to be on the red carpet at like Jingle Ball, obviously you want to right. play in this sandbox again. So I do think there's a world in my, and I told Sheena this to her face. I see a world in which, which Rachel comes back for season 12 of Vanderpump Rules. Ooh. Cause think I about it. See, I can see like the, the teaser trailer already. Where it's what like it? the shoes. Remember when it, they did when Kristen was like, Kristen with the flip flops. <laughs> 
But it'd be like Raquel's like pageant heels. Yeah. And, like, the and then you just hear the voice and it's like, instead of like the shaky, like, hey, Tom, it's what's up, Tom. And then he looks up and it's, and then it's like, it's what I always say. It's like Sandy in the end scene well, of Grease. It, it also would have to be like the eyes, like Bambi eyed bitch. Like, yeah. Like, hey, remember me, Tom? Hi. And he's like, and he's like, Ra- Raquel. And he's like, the name's Rachel now. And she puts out her cigarette with her heel. Tell me about it. Tell me about it, stud. Let's go. We're racing for pinks. Yeah. I, by the way, Tom, you'd probably be like, oh, dude, I just popped a boner, dude. That's hot. Like, oh my gosh, Schwartz, that's what I'm talking about, dude. Look how hot she is, dude. Um, Wait, also, back to Schwartz really fast. <laughs> is Schwartz, Did anything come of Schwartz and Floody? No, I just think... No, I mean, I think, well, Katie Floody was on Watch What Happens Live with Alex this week, and Katie Floody said they're friendly. I think it's one of those kind of things where, he, you know, she really likes him as a person, and she's like, oh, it, you know, it's nothing serious, but we're still friendly, and we still text, but nothing. I think he has a lot of relationships in his life like that. Right, right. Okay, that's fair. Like, I think he makes out with a lot of girls Totally. And doesn't go further than that a lot of the times. Totally. And he's just such an easy, like, to be friends with guy. Like, just friendly. Yeah. Which, so. by the way, uh, Terry Maloney, Mrs. Maloney, Katie's mom, reached out because she lives in Vegas. And she was like, oh, my God, you're in Vegas. And I was like, because I didn't get to see her at BravoCon. And I was like, Terry, if you're listening, I know you listen sometimes. Hi, we love you. Um, oh, my God. Hi, Terry. Yeah, she's you're awesome. Icon. You're an no, icon. She really is. Well, by the way, Terry said, uh, I don't think she does. I don't think she wants to now, but Terry, I thought she would be a great golden bachelorette. Like they had the golden bachelor on ABC. Terry Maloney as the golden bachelorette would be amazing. But then she said after like that article about Gary Turner, you know, in his past, because he was presented as this widow that had never dated and that he had dated in between, you know, going on the show and stuff like that. It was kind of like this hit piece the week of the golden bachelor. But Terry was like, well, now I don't want to go on the show, but I was like, Terry, go on the show, show him what you can do. You're the golden bachelorette. I guess the ratings were like insane. Like ratings were so good for golden bachelor. So I think they probably are going to do golden bachelorette with one of the contestants. Oh, definitely. Terry will probably have to wait for the next cycle. But But a hundred percent, I would watch that. Oh my God. What if Tom Girardi is the next golden bachelor? <sighs> Let me tell I'm you a story about when I met John Wayne. Let me tell you my John Wayne story. Oh my God. From, from the prison yard. Yeah. <laughs> it's the golden bachelor. <laughs> Half a, it just takes like place on, through prison glass. I'm sorry. He's like on death's doorstep. Like, I feel like at least like these, these ones were, you know, r- robustly, upper middle ages middle age oh yeah yeah no they were all like they were all appropriately like, aged women like but they were 60s. all they were all beautiful they all very active but they were in their 60s which i thought yeah. i was scared they were gonna have like a 75 year old bachelor and then 30 year old women and i was like oh this is so creepy i thought it was gonna be really creepy in that way and it wasn't i thought it was beautiful i cried every episode that's what everyone said yeah every I episode to watch it uh back to vanderpump rules uh, Ariana took third place in Dancing with the Stars. She made it through the entire season. 
listen, I was hoping she would win it, but uh, Zochi, uh, Zochi, I think I'm saying her name correctly from Marvel. She took it. She was amazing. I don't really follow dance a lot. So I, I watched Ariana's performances and a couple of other ones, but I was bummed, but she took third and she made the announcement that she is coming to Broadway folks. She is going to be on in Erica Jane's Chicago on Broadway as Roxy Hart starting in February, which will be during season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. What do you think? First of all, that's like, if I were to have like a vanity Broadway appearance, it would be as Roxy Hart. Like that is my favorite musical of all time. Come on, babe. Why don't we paint the town? (laughs) And all that jazz. Yes. So Erica Jane, like, and all that jazz. I'm Erica Jane. I'm going to dance. So Ariana, I think, would be great in this. Everybody's lips is gonna be Ariana. <laughs> so she announced on, I think, uh, Good Morning America on Wednesday that she was going to be doing this. And, I, you know, listen, stunt Broadway does stunt casting all the time. I think this is great because Ariana, I think, is talented singing and dancing and, and she can act. And I think and I know her dream has always been we found actually the sound clip on my podcast with Ariana where I was like, you need to do Broadway. And she's like, that's my dream to do Broadway. Oh, and I think like so good for her. And this is, OK, this is why I fucking hate. I, I, I say it every week now how much I hate Twitter um, because like all the negative, like I saw people bitching about her on being on Broadway. I'm like, how do you think Broadway works? And also you bitching about Ariana on Broadway. You probably don't go see Broadway shows. It's perfect casting. Yeah. Like, come on. You, you live in Arkansas. You're not the one that's going to be, you know, seeing Ariana on Broadway every week. Like I am, but how do you think Broadway works? It, it they do those kind of castings all they the time, stunt, especially in Chicago. Castings are very, very common. And it's, it's eight weeks from what I think I, it's eight weeks. It's like, you know what's great is that that'll be during prime of Vanderpump airing. So I think it'll be good because it'll take her mind off the bullshit that will come up every episode so on this excited. show. I'm so excited. Yeah, I me really too. Am. Well, you know what else premieres this week is Ultimate Girls Trip with the Roni Legacy cast with Ramona and Kristen Takeman oh, yeah. and Sonia. That premieres this week on oh, Bravo. One. And <laughs> I'm wondering, like, will Ramona, will we get a continuation of the last time we saw Ramona on screen at Ultimate Girls Trip? Like, will she poop somewhere? Will Because they can't really advertise it much with Ramona because Ramona saying racist comments. So I'm curious how they get through this. um, I know it's like how, like, I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Isn't it weird? And this usually would be like really heralded and it's kind of like light promotion, like Luann's out there doing, she did an Uber one commercial. Sonia, Yeah. But it's like, it is wild, but it also goes to show you don't be a fucking idiot in how you, what, how you live your life. Don't hire Ramona. (laughs) <laughs> like that's that's all they had to do is well like, i mean at this point i don't think they'll ever hire her again yeah liability kind of yeah uh what else are you watching so um what else am i watching bad surgeon on netflix squid game the challenge oh my god Squid Game the challenge what is i upset. i love what, what episode are you on because they I'm, they I'm finished it this you're telling, so i went like i've watched six episodes but i will say those first five i love so much and i gotta say i was kind of bummed in 
who they, you know, who went through. Like I wasn't as emotionally invested as I was the first five episodes because my my favorites didn't make it through and I didn't it's kind love of crazy. it does it does make you feel like they actually like just like die. Because yeah. it's like they'll they'll be making you like become obsessed with this yeah. person and then all of a sudden they're like dead and they simulate like they're getting shot in the chest. Mm. Yeah, and then they play dead, and it's so funny. They, like, lay down and, like, pretend they're dead. It's so hilarious. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but the winner of this says that they still have not received the, what is it, $4.3 million prize money? $4.5 million. $4.5 million. But I will say, that's normal, though, because game shows usually, I've been on a couple game shows, game shows don't usually pay out until, like, three months after it's aired. Um, So, but I will... But, well, I think it's just in terms of, I don't know, just like because they don't want to s- spoil anything. They don't want you to spend the money before it's uh, aired. But uh, also the fact that that made the press and I'm like, they didn't warn this person not to like to keep their mouth shut about that. Like that was the big headline of winner still not paid from Netflix's reality squid game show. I mean, you at least have to give them like a good chunk to live on for a little bit. Like I would be still, a I don't good know, chunk. I'd be like, where's my money to live on, to live, get a job. Consider this, consider this free money. No, <laughs> I would literally be like, where the fuck is my money? You'd be like the worst nightmare on a game show. You'd be, wait, how far, how far through squid game do you think you could make? We get through the challenges. Oh, oh, could you make no. that first one with well, green light, red light? Here's the thing. It really feels like so much of it is chance and luck like it's literally like they're they in the show in the reality show there are parts that like aren't in the real show where they actually have contestants like vote someone off like it's so much of it is chance I think based on strategy I I could see myself going far but because I have terrible luck and like I feel like the universe is always conspiring against me um I would say that part would like get me that I would just be one of the people that was just like, yeah. Yeah. I forget. Well, that green, the red light, green light, the first one with the big doll. And it's like, you have to stop and go. Red like I, I would immediately die because I have such a, I'm so doofy with my body. And like, I trip over my feet yeah, a lot. Same. Like when I would freeze, I know I would just like fall. Same. Like I know I would die immediately. I'm so clumsy. There was a girl also that like froze in a squat and she was like, I can't do this. And and wait, did you read about that? Because it turns out she was squatting for 45 minutes because they edit it. They edit it. But like there was no communication with producers. Like they really put them in this kind of desensitized game area. So they didn't have, it was really people dressed up in squid game suits. And that lady said she had to hold that squat for 45 minutes. And that's why she finally, like, like certain people on the show, it's edited differently. So it looks like they just gave up. Those people were in positions for like hours. That's so inhumane. It actually yeah. is like an extreme- Okay, but it's $4.5 million. Okay, right. I know we talked about this like two we weeks did. ago. We did. But it actually, after watching it, like they were like very inhumane. The way that they like emotionally torture them and like manipulate them also, like it's actually kind of, and they're like- fighting over food like in the real squid game like well that's the point it's not supposed to be like hold your hand and love the world squid game it's squid game where it's based on death i don't know it's i i can see why they'd be like okay this is like bullshit but again it's 4.5 million dollars so like yes i want to see some drama a little bit and that's why Uh, i'd be so pissed if i like went home based on like one of their just like chance like you know 
Yeah. Oh, wait, did you see this story that, um, so Billie Eilish recently, this is interesting. Like she supposedly, or she didn't, she came out, but she kind of like lightly came out, but I think it like, but then she was asked about it after she came out in this interview, she was asked about it on the red carpet. And it was a very charming interview that was done by a, a lesbian girl, a lesbian woman. And she was like, so cute in the interview and Billy was like yeah I always th- thought just people knew and I'm like well I didn't know but also I don't care but then Billy Eilish said I'm done talking about it you guys stop bringing it up like I and I understand that too but when you're on a red carpet like that like even doing the interviews I do you're told beforehand what you can and can't answer and the fact like I I right. feel like she knew exactly what she was going to get asked. And also the PR person, and especially with Billie Eilish, because she's so successful, right. that PR person would be right there going, you can't air that. You can't, exactly. you can't air that. Exactly. So I don't get what game this is, but also I don't like, good for you. Good on you for being bisexual. Like I'm, I'd be proud of that. That's like, amazing. Awesome. Great. But then don't complain like, about being asked about it. Like you are the one that said it originally and right, people are going like, to be curious about it. Right. Like, I know that, like, maybe someone asked, but, like, most of us didn't. So. <laughs> well, anyways, congrats to Billie Eilish. Sorry if you hate that we're bringing it up. Um, <laughs> did you watch? We, I know this has been out for a couple weeks now, but I was just. Did you ever end up watching Love Has Won about Mother God? The three part oh, docuseries? No, on Mac? no, the documentary. I okay, thought you were so going to ask me. Watch that before Beverly Hills. You've got to watch it. Okay. Okay. Fine. I will. I will. Your boyfriend will love it too. Like it is so shit can bananas. Okay. We're going to watch it. But also, did you watch May, December? I did. What did you think? It was like so weird. It was so. I'm fascinated. Guys, I have met many people recently that never, that don't remember Mary Kay Letourneau. Okay. Mary Kay Letourneau, you guys. Explain who Mary Kay Letourneau is for the Mary people Taylor, who don't know. It was the biggest scandal in the late 90s. And I was, you know, a young child. But even I remember this because on the cover of every magazine, my mom got all of the gossip rags. And she was a teacher that fell in love with her sixth grade student. And they ended what was up. was his name? Billy? His name was Billy? Billy. Yeah. Yeah, something. Um, he, what, and that's the difference also in the movie. I think that it's Charles Melton. I think yeah, he's God, he does a good job. Half half Korean, um, or full Korean. I I don't know. In the movie, Korean. Um, in real life, Billy was Polynesian. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it's loosely based on this story of Mary Kay Letourneau. I talked about this yeah. on the on on my Patreon on Friday because I was really blown. This movie kind of stayed with me in weird ways because even the music is very heavy handed and dramatic. Yeah. Todd Haynes, gr- great director, but also a very interesting, different kind of director. But Julianne Margulies and Natalie Portman, Par- they all hit it. Julianne Moore, sorry, what did I, who did I say? Julianne Margulies. Oh God. Oh, God. Um, uh, dude, but I'm just saying it was, it stayed with me. Like it's weird, but it stays yeah. with you. Yeah. It's a crazy story though, because it actually does make you like Mary Kay Letourneau always insisted that they were genuinely in love because they ended up getting married later Had on. In kids. And they, they wrote a book together called like, if loving you is wrong. It was a coloring book to be fair. I mean, he was <laughs> young. So yeah. Um, Sorry. It, it was like, you know, but then you watch the movie and you're like, it really makes you think about that type of relationship. And same with the president of France. 
Oh yeah, he had a. Well, he's married to somebody that's what twenty five years his junior. Yeah, and started like like he was like fourteen or fifteen or something. He was like extremely young when, and she was like in her forties. And now she's in her 70s and he is in his 40s. Julianne Moore's character in this, you know, says, well, like, listen, he was he he came on to me like he's and I'm like, he's a 13 year old boy. He was 12. Like, my God, like, just be like, that doesn't make it right. And apparently that's what Mary Kay Letourneau said in real life, too. She was like, look, like he had the power. He came on to me. It's like. That, that scene, that scene with Charles Melton on the roof with his son. Oh it, yeah, I, that dude's gonna get nominated. I the that, that is so the oh. Riverdale to Oscar nominee pipeline. Is he this good on Riverdale? I've never watched Riverdale. My is sister he th- and I are obsessed with just making fun of Riverdale. So like, we're just obsessed with him now winning the Oscar. What's up, Amanda? Yeah, sup, sis. But like, um, <laughs> I survived a bear attack, Dad. That's that a real good. line. Wow. And also man. the epic highs and lows of high school football. Like we're just like obsessed with Riverdale. The epic highs and lows of Is Riverdale like 90210? I hear that like, I hear it's even b- more bizarre. It's like so, I hear it's like it's so stupid. It's so the writing is insane. It's insane. And they're like in on the joke, I think, in the later seasons. Well, I'm t- um, I'm all in on this Charles Melton guy. Yeah, Charles I thought I, now, this like, guy's incredible. Yeah, potentially winning an Oscar after like being on Riverdale, he deserves it. They all and Nat- it. Natalie Portman trying to subtly like imitate Julianne Moore in scenes, like because she's an actor studying for a oh, part. Yeah, and I just so- thought, oh, I just thought there were so, so many cam. scenes that I just that has stayed with me, even though it's not for everybody. This isn't like a popcorn flick. This isn't one of uh, Sophie's Liam Neeson Netflix movies that no. she loves. It's different. No, I would have preferred if it were. Are you going to go see Wonka? I know you love Tim. Speak, speaking of underage romance, I know you love Timothy Chalamet. Are you going to go see Wonka opening weekend? Um, not opening weekend. I probably will eventually see it. I also like need to read mm, reviews because I haven't even like read reviews yet. I thought you're going to be like, I need to really look into the history of Willy Wonka before I go see this movie. I really want to go. Need, I don't want to go do in I cold. Need to watch the original. Or? Yeah. Do I, do I have to eat certain types of candy before I see this? Um, no, I was obsessed with the original Willy Wonka, you guys. And you know, the montage, like the opening credits where it's just, just like the chocolate factory chocolates. Yeah. Oh my God. I was obsessed with it. Well, can I, I ask you though? To be the grandpa. <laughs> oh, Charlie, I'm going to make you feel guilty to take me to your chocolate. That grandpa was such a little ass. Like what a, what a butt muncher that guy was. He was, so, he guilted Charlie into like taking him I know. when it should have been somebody we else. This grandpa. We've definitely talked about that before. Like Charlie's grandpa was such a piece of shit. Oh, he's, I mean, this guy, this is another, he, he would probably be the golden bachelor and try to gaslight all the women on. I did not like the grandpa in, in that, that Willy Wonka movie at all. Wait, okay, so I just looked up reviews. Wonka with Timothy is actually getting pretty good, good reviews. reviews. Yeah, yeah, I hear it's pretty good. Um, okay, I do want to yeah. ask you, I want to ask you, though, as a fan of Timothy, though, um, and if you bump into him, maybe you could actually ask him this. Why, can you tell him to stop wearing weird leather outfits? All Like, what happened to him all of a sudden? It's like Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy delirious. He's at the part of his fame where he's starting to dress like sexy military. And I, I just needed to, like, there's a lot of, like, not wearing a shirt. So we see his little chesticle hairs, like little tiny Timothy Chalamet hair. And, like, I needed it to stop. He's yeah. 28 years old. He still looks 16. 
let him take risks. Quiet up and listen down. <laughs> he does. I don't want take risks with your work, dude. Like, so wear some normal clothes. No, you're su- you're dressing like a superhero. Fa- no, I love that he's a little fashionista because how many actors are like that? Like, I love that about him. You know, you know who the last one was? Johnny Depp. Johnny don't, Depp. Okay, fair. Don't let Ryan tell you that you can't have a unibrow, that you can't oh, wear pleather outfits. You outfit. know what? You do, you do make some. And then we're going to Michigan. <laughs> and then we're going to Washington and <laughs> take my money White House. I, I am a bitter, ugly old man. So it like take all of this with a grain of salt. But I just say this guy, this kid is talented. I don't even want to call him a kid. He's 28 years old, but he's like, I I'm tired of seeing his little nips, like going out, like on Wonka interviews. And I know this Kylie Jenner is behind it. Be- oh my God. I had Emily Orozco from Access Hollywood. Um, they do this Housewives Nightcap podcast now. She was on and she went to the Wonka um, interview thing overseas. And she had finished interviewing Timothy and Hugh Grant and watched them get off on the elevator. And she was waiting for the next one. And guess who comes strolling by? Kylie Jenner. Kylie? Kylie came on the next. Like, it's like So Timothy went down. Kylie And Kylie swoops in all in black leather like the Matrix I was like, you could probably smell her before you even see her because it's all just like new leather coming through. That's not good for my agenda. No, I mean, that's, I think, he, I think Kylie's potentially dressing him. This is not good for my, for my personal agenda. I that, thought they were like, cooling off, but she's like there at the press that's tour. That's when I, again, gaslighting myself, like literally telling myself they're cool. Like it was just for like publicity, like. They're cooling Dude. off. They haven't been seen together in a while. He probably like is already over her and like ready for no, his next they're, thing. They're, <laughs> well, also imagine when they like imagine when they hug and stuff. Just all that le- leather rubbing up against it's each other like, it makes like leather sound like, <laughs> like the leather sounds that it makes, and it's like gotta be the weirdest, strongest leather smell. Just like. Oh, leather sounds. I just, it's all like, I bet like for like the holiday break, they go and like hunt leather together. Like they're like, let's, let's, let's farm to table this leather outfit. Remember that like video that like went viral, like as a joke, I don't know what it's originally from, but them in the bathtub. And it's like the tan thick, <laughs> oh, like yeah. sexy woman yeah, legs. The, and the then tiny... the little like chicken legs. <laughs> toothpaste yeah it's like hot dogs are wait what what are those stupid beach photos everybody does are like hot dogs or legs hot dogs or legs yeah that's like timothy's like and timothy very very talented actor i'm just worried that he's going to start right wearing like 80 necklaces 60 like rings it's like the 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 actor pipeline once they get a little success they start dressing that's yeah like lenny kravitz or johnny depp also it's like don't don't let yourself turn into the next Chris Humphreys. Yeah, you're going to be on a yacht just staring off into like like uh-huh. the ocean, like the old man in the sea. Very sad. Don't let Chris chew you up and spit you out. Okay. Okay, so as we wind down here and wrap up, Mother uh, Love Has Won. I'm still thinking about it. Three-part docuseries on Max. You got to watch it. This lady has her spirit guides are Robin Williams. They're called the Galactics. She's also the daughter of Donald Trump. And she came from a very humble beginning, had kids, kind of created this whole other persona and started. It didn't really like it wasn't a hugely successful cult, but like she was an alcoholic. And it turned out like they always made excuses of like, oh, the reason why she's dying is because she's saving all of Earth and it takes a lot of energy. And the only way to give medicine to her is through alcohol. And then they started making her drink colloidal silver to like cure her ills. And she turned blue. 
from drinking too much silver. She turned fully blue. Hey. Yeah. That, and and also there's another six part docuseries on Max called The Garden. And it's about this like I doomsday. I can't keep up with all the docuseries. I just finished Bad Surgeon. Well, see, I want it. So Bad Surgeon's worth watching? Bad Surgeon I thought was pretty good. I'm not, it's like Tinder Swindler. It's like this hot scam artist guy. But he's like doing bad surgery. Yeah, but he's also like fucking people up like medically and like killing people. So he gave he gave Monica Garcia from Salt Lake her uh, her injections. Oh, that was Beauty Lab. Yeah. Laser, sorry. He used to um, work Beauty Lab and Laser. He, it's a story about a staff member from Beauty Lab and Laser. But anyways, <laughs> this garden is about a doomsday cult. But it is funny because it's like a six part kind of reality show thing where it's like they even try to kick out this one girl. Like imagine getting kicked out of a doomsday cult. Of they're like, we don't want you here. And she's like, wait a sec. This is like a doomsday cult. Like, I should be here. Like, I would hate to <laughs> join a cult and then be asked to leave. <laughs> like, that's so shameful. Um, yeah. so wait, uh, Salt Lake, though, you, are you liking it once they went to Bermuda? Yes. Yes. Wow. I am loving Salt Lake. Everyone knows I'm like officially on the stand. Everybody knows. Way. Stand UK bandwagon. You did this. I saw this tweet the other day. You're like, we've we all we we have to all admit that Angie K is yeah. an amazing housewife at this point. And I was like, I'm not at yes. that point. She's good, but I don't think we need to like. I think that she is incredible housewife. Like I am obsessed with Angie K. I think she's killing it. Um, Monica's also insane as an addition. Like, yeah, just, great. You have to love the delusional like. Just like slightly unhinged housewife. Yeah, people think if you like a housewife, like it's because they're like, they're pure and good. And I'm like, no, I like, because I know how, like she's got seven different colors she's showing and like three of them are really messed up, but it works on TV so well. Right, exactly. Are you like this with bathtubs too? Like um, uh, Meredith? No, you you know what? I do love taking baths. It's important to me like that I only take baths. I mean, I do take baths at nice hotels, but I would not take a bath in like an Airbnb personally. Like you, it's nice to have your own bath. I love taking baths in like my space. If it's, it's a like, really nice hotel, yes. But like an Airbnb. It's like it's Meredith's life force. It's like if like she also, doesn't get the bath, she's going to die. It's also like it, apparently she like loves, she loves taking baths in her rental homes too. Not apparently, she does. Like I, and I know that Whitney, you know, has maybe made a comment about that before. Like, isn't it kind of gross to think about, like, taking a bath in a rental? Oh, Meredith house? got pissed about that comment from Whitney. But, like, I kind of see where she's coming from. But, like, the way, like, I, I'm like, is something else going on with Meredith? And also, if you're that sick that a medic's coming, like, we shouldn't have you in a bath b- to begin with. I don't want you falling asleep in a bath. Like, I don't, like, yeah, what are like, you talking about? If How you're, relaxed like, are you like, getting in these bathtubs? You're about to, like, keel over and die. Yes. Like, don't go That's in the bath, maybe. Good. Um, uh, okay, but anyways, there's tons of new TV, and we're headed towards the holidays. So, or we're in the holidays. We're fully in the holidays. It's just coming up so fast. Um, anything else that you're watching that you want people to know about or, or oh uh, pay attention to? Uh, yeah, May December. I already talked about Saltburn two weeks ago. Loved oh, you, it. Wait, um, no, we know. I don't think we talked about Saltburn. We didn't. 
No, okay. did you? Did, no, you knew I had interviewed the director and stuff like that, but you, oh you, you text. No, we texted about it. We no, texted we about texted. it. Did I, you like it? What did you I'm think? Yes, I'm right. Wasn't it? Wasn't it weirdly good? I'm I've seen it twice. I, I know. I think I'm gonna go see it again. Um, if, if I was in high school, I would have been obsessed with, with that whole thing. No, with the, just the whole movie. I would. Have, I would. It would have been oh, like. Yeah. It would have been the entire personality. Yeah, my new personality. Yeah. And like you would like only apply to like Oxford College. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would like it was. I, I really would love to hear like teens talk about this movie because I loved well, it. I loved but it. I would love. I, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, I think that it should be more in the conversation, the Oscar conversation, but I know it's not going to be. And I think that's because it's like kind of like hip in a sense. Like there's a hipness about it that I think will push Oscar voters away. And Priscilla will probably get a little bit of a push in terms of uh, what's his nuts. Who's the, the one of the leads in Saltburn, Uh, Jacob Lordy. Jacob plays Elvis in the Priscilla movie. And that's got, so it'll be interesting. Which I also want to see. I do want to see Priscilla. Um, I'm like too scared at this point to watch that new Julia Roberts movie. What's it called? Oh, no, uh, no, leave no, leave it all behind or something on Netflix. Leave the world behind. That's it. Yeah. I'm like scared of watching that because I've heard like just. Why? It's into the world stuff? No, it's just like, apparently it's really boring. (laughs) So like, I'm like, I thought you were scared to watch it for a certain reason just because it's boring. I'm scared to watch something that's apparently as boring as I'm hearing it is, but it could Um, be really good. I've also heard, you know, it's kind of good. Okay. Well, there is so much to see. Obviously, uh, we can't keep up with the cult documentaries. We can't keep. And I will tell you after I went and I'm going to talk about this at the beginning about my experience at the sphere. But I will tell you, like the world's done. I talked with like an AI robot for like 15 minutes today at the sphere. Like it's it's over. Like we're done. These there's going to be this AI robot uh, uh, uprising. Like I don't even know why we keep like funding this shit because it truly is wild. Like this this fucking robot's like looking at me, like laughing, making like I was like, does this robot have a crush on me? I was like, I got so and then I was like, wait a second. And then I was like, do I have a crush on the robot? It was I got I I, then I was like, what the fuck? It's a robot that like knows everything and is like making jokes with I'm like funnier than I am. Like I was so upset. I can't, wait. I can't wait to like live in this new robot world. And then maybe I can be Roxy Hart on Broadway in the robot. Oh my God. Or what if the robot takes over for Ariana at, um, <laughs> we would have, by the way, also I, th- this would be great after Ariana, let Tom Sandoval have that same part. And then we can judge who did a better job as Roxy Hart. I think it's going to be Ariana. He's going to be in his, in his like Sia wig as Roxy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you know, by the way, I say another season, he's going to go full Bowie Sandoval. He's going to have, he's going to do like Garth Brooks had like this uh, persona that he played. Uh, What was it? What was the persona? Chris, Chris Gaines, Chris Gaines. And he released like this kind of, it was like an alternative. And he had a wig with a soul patch. I bet you anything in a year, Tom Sandoval will have a Chris Gaines moment where it'll be like, I'm a character on stage, dude. This is Randy. This is Randy, dude. I'm Tom, but that's Randy. And I wear a different whole, I do a different <laughs> musical styling. Uh, no, but it's going to be more like Sasha Fierce, you know? Oh my God. Uh, by the way, I love the Beyonce Renaissance movie. I know a lot of people have not seen it yet still, but I love that. I saw that last week as well. There's also a, speaking of, I guess now I'm just thinking of the Eras tour. 
There's a new Eras Tour installation pop-up, I guess, in Lower East Side, right by my... I'm not going to, like, dox myself, but it's very close to my apartment. So, New Yorkers... Is it, is it official? Or is this, like, yeah, an underground... Like an Apple Music installation. So, New oh, Yorkers wow. um, could be a fun activity. They're, they're calling the Travis Kelsey the Errors Tour after today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because this guy can't win anything, right? He won, he won Taylor Taylor's heart. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and we're also throwing a lot of healing energy out towards Joe Burrow and uh, all of the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, um, his backup QB, Jake Browning, has been looking real good. We've won the past two games, knock on wood. So you're saying we don't even need Joe Burrow? We don't need Joe. Wow. Wow, what a fan. What a fan. I'm over him. It's Jake Browning season. What? Wait, can't I'm going to talk like I know what about no is about sports. Time. Hey, can the uh, are the Bengals still in contention? So are we looking at they could they grab all, a playoff spot? If the playoffs started today, the Bengals would be in a wild card spot. That's so right. they're still in the hunt, baby. Let's go. Oh my God. I like when they call it the hunt. That's like that's why you got to watch Beverly Hills. Erica Jane did a monologue that she was like. I hunt big game. I'm a hunter. I go out there and hunt the big game. And that's and that's Vegas, baby. It's it's really good. I love it. Well, wait, what? so like what is the what is the She's talking game? about get like her and Mikey Menden are talking about getting back, you know, like the Erica Jane character, right, the right. pretty mess life. And they were like, you know, she's like, remember when we used to run Santa Monica Boulevard, all the gay bars? And he's like, oh, my God, girl. Yeah, we've got to get back to that. I would love to. I'm a performer. And then she's like talking about how she hunts big game. And for her, that's Vegas. And it's all leading up to this Vegas show that is, uh, you know, it's like you can get it like $10 a ticket. Uh, which I would actually probably still, go- I would go see if somebody bought me a ticket, but it is funny how she speaks about herself. Like she fucking is Sia. Like she, I mean, she thinks like, I, I wonder what perception she had. Like, do people give her numbers from like certain markets where she like, how did, I don't know. It just shows you just always believe in yourself. Never let anybody tell you differently and just push forward. That's that. I mean, Tom Sandoval, Erica Jane, they all just keep their head down and push Be forward. delusional as fuck. It sometimes does help. Obliviousness right. helps, period. I'm not joking. And hunt the big game. Get in the hunt. Um, Sophie the Ross, hunt. happy Hanukkah. Please tell your family happy I said Hanukkah. hello. Uh, this was so fun. It really, I love it because this is no work when I talk to you. And uh, Happy holidays, will... everyone. Love you. And also good luck with the dog's tapeworm. Uh, I'm sure the dog yes, will be in bed I uh, will, tonight. I will keep you guys posted on the tapeworm situation. I'm not using your dog's name because I don't want to dox your dog at any... Uh... It's going to be... The tapeworm's just going to be Lisa Renna coming out of Baxter's <laughs> Yeah! Harry's <laughs> Bolognese! <laughs> uh, okay, so love you. I'll talk to you in a couple love weeks. Ya. Bye! Yeah. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.